Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And I've got a cool guest with me today who's actually in the podcasting business. Um, so the Podcast Factory is the name of the company. Jonathan Rivera is the founder, and they've been at this for eight years. Before that, Jonathan was was in real estate, lead generation, which is near and dear to my heart. And um, we're going to dig into Jonathan's story today. So Jonathan, thanks for investing some time to be on the show today. Chad, thanks for the invite, and uh, I hope we can entertain your listeners and make this memorable. So lead me to where we need to take it. Well, what, what we try to do in these conversations is that everybody goes through ups and downs of life, right? The roller coaster that we're on called life. And so what I try to give to our listeners is that glimmer of hope and silver lining that no matter what you're in right now in this moment or what you'll be in tomorrow or the next day or the next year, that people have been there, done that and make it through the other side. So I like to start by going back to when you were younger, because a lot of times you have an unfiltered view of the world when you're a kid, right? Whether you're playing baseball, playing in the sandbox or whatever it is you're up to, that kind of passion that you live in your childhood is really who you were created to be. So take us back to, and I just drove by my house yesterday in my neighborhood that I grew up in and the tree is like 40 feet tall and we planted that little tree. So it was neat timing to ask this question going back to East Jameson place yesterday, go back to then what were you passionate about and uh, tell us a little bit more about when you were younger. So I'm a little strange because I don't remember a, a lot from when I was a, a kid, but I'll share a memory that my grandmother shared with me that I think is so funny. Uh, I mean, I remembered it after she told me, but I didn't remember it on my own. And she was telling my wife and my son about it. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I should have known back then. But uh, one of her favorite memories is uh, so we would go down uh, to Puerto Rico in the summer and visit grandma and auntie and, and the family, the cousins and all that. And so mom and dad had babysitters uh, while they worked, they worked their tails off to provide for us. But um, I showed up over there with a suitcase full of toys as I was a little kid, kids play with toys. 
And I immediately proceeded to put up a table and sell all my toys. <laughs> like just, hey, neighbor kids, everybody, I'm selling toys. And it, I guess I should have known back then. And here's, here's actually what we added to it. Then I took some of the money and bought like Tang or Kool-Aid. And so I started selling toys and then recycling some of that money and, and selling Kool-Aid or whatever we were doing. <laughs> I did what? Uh, but I do remember that a little bit. And I, I should have known back then that I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. And had I thought about that, maybe I wouldn't have spent uh, nine years doing blue collar work straight out of high school. And maybe I would have been further along today. But that's one of my favorite memories that, that my grandmother shared with me. Wow. I love that. Um, it's like the paperclip challenge where you start with the paperclip and trade up and trade up and trade up. Um, and, and do you remember like, what was the end result of all that effort? Did you buy a house or a car or what, <laughs> where did it lead? I, I, I bought candy and more toys. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Recycled the toys. That's awesome. Um, and so thinking back to that, you know, quote unquote lemonade stand or toy stand in your case, how does that now, I think you said it, right? It, it relates to you be, being an entrepreneur. Um, tell us more about that. How does that tie in in, in that situation and other things that you did as a, as a child? Yeah, I think what it, what it really illuminates for me is uh, that, that need to create value. And I think that's been something that I've carried my whole life. And uh, I didn't realize till much later on, like I told you, I was, I was blue collar uh, for nine years. I was an electrician working in the hot, hot Florida sun, uh, just melting away these summers uh, working on buildings. But there I was putting value in by being good at my craft. I was an excellent journeyman, excellent at doing, uh, they used to let me do the, the, the panels and the control rooms and all that. And so I really was honing my craft when I was there. I was putting value into that. The problem with that value exchange is that uh, it's really weighted towards the company and towards the people who are building the building and all that. It wasn't really going to benefit me much in my life. And so realizing that I love to create value and bringing that into the world of business has, has served me well because we've been creating value for years and the more value we create, uh, the better life we get to live and the better impact we get to make to everybody around us. And so I know we're going to talk more about this. So I don't want to get off in a tangent. Uh, I'll throw it back to you. But yeah, this is more in line with my purpose, who I'm meant to be and, and all the things that you guys talk about on the show. Wow. I, I mean, I love that because it makes me think of a guy that worked with us at Riverbed Technologies in the Bay Area back 15 years ago. He was in real estate and then real estate bubbled in 2007 and eight. And so he called us up and said, Hey, I want a job in technology and we're in the Bay area. What better place for technologists? And so he had to take two, three steps back. He was the CEO of his own real estate company. And he went in as a business development representative doing cold calls, setting up appointments. And it was, it was humbling. And by the way, he had to drive two hours from way North Bay down to the city two hours there, two hours back. And he, and yet he knew that that was something that he had to do because it was, it was just where the world was headed. And, and he, and he knew that his skill set was good at talking to people and relating to people. 
So long and short, he made a really good career out of it. And now he's been in it for 10, 15 years promoted. He's a manager and you know, it's hard when you're in the lane making 30, $40 an hour as a journeyman, my best friend's dad was a, a electrician and they own their own company in Colorado. So I worked in the summers doing that. So I know what you're talking about and it would be easy to get into that lane and not leave it. Right. So kudos to you for figuring that out, because that's sometimes difficult to do. Um, Let's talk about the tough stuff. So there's probably a point in there, maybe when you made the transition or share something that, you know, at the time was painful where you go, you know, this is a mountain that I have to get over. And then now looking back, you say, wow, that was amazing that that happened to me in my life. Yeah, I want to jump right on uh, where you left off, actually, is because I I did that electrical work for, for nine years and then I started, uh, my mom passed away and I started questioning everything like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Why am I even doing this? Because my parents told me uh, to go get a trade and I just started questioning everything. And there was one for me, because look, my parents were, were blue collar as well. Um, Nobody went to college in my family. And that was why the path was go get a trade because trades get get paid well. Um, But I thought there was another way. And the only path that I really saw forward was real estate. That was it because real estate in America is supposed to be the great equalizer. Just watch any 3 a.m. infomercial and they will tell you. And that's exactly what I did. I, I was watching TV late at night, saw Carlton Sheets, no money down, and proceeded to spend my entire paycheck for the system. Got it. And it sat on a shelf for a couple of years until uh, I really couldn't take it anymore. And that's when I, I started diving in and reading and learning. And I, I ended up quitting my job. I didn't have anything. I had one paycheck. And you talk about $30 an hour as a journeyman. Bro, when I was in, it was $15 in a van. And I was lucky to have it. So it's like, I didn't have any money. I didn't have any savings. All I had was a dream to get the heck out of this place. And I got my real estate license in a weekend. <laughs> I decided that if I could sell real estate, I could make money and learn the business while I was in it. And so I I took that. And I think within uh, three months, we were buying our first property, we were going to collect rentals at that time. And um, we got a rental, then we got another rental, then we got another rental, but this is around 2007, 2008. You know what's going on. We accumulated about a million dollars in property and then we're starting to try to flip out of them because rentals are the slow road to wealth and we see all these people flipping properties, making big paychecks. So we get in on the game, uh, the market turns, <laughs> we get stuck holding property, everything crashes, lose my house, dad loses his house and, and we're like, holy cow. Then the voice starts. You shouldn't have done this. Who did you think you were? You need to go out there and, and, and get a job trying to be a big shot. All, all the, that negative talk that we put on ourselves, because you know we're our own biggest fan or our own worst enemy. That, that pounded me down, bro, and pounded me down for almost two years while I figured it out. 
and came back out the other side saying, I'm going to rebuild my real estate business, which we have done. And I'm going to diversify, which is where the business online came from the podcast factory. And today uh, we're even more diversified with a media company and an e-com business. Cause if one of those goes down, I got three others to replace it. Boom. Drop the mic. I mean, it's interesting. I'm watching a recorded talk. Uh, there's a friend of ours named Pastor Travis in Atlanta, and he did a talk on grace, how most of us are always chasing after uh, grace. <laughs> and it's, it's already given to us. And a lot of times we forget that, right? That it's like, well, if I could just do this, and if I could just open my real estate company and buy the Carlton Cheats package. And it's, it's interesting when you realize that, hey, I've got my, I'm the only one of a kind fingerprint of this person in this body at this time in the history of the world. And, and I was built to do something cool. <laughs> so, so let's do it, right? And get all that other garbage out of the way. And it sounds like that's the thing that you cleared was I have to do a trade because my parents told me to, told me to. And a lot of us have that, right? Most people are walking around with that story of, well, I'm just supposed to do that because someone else told me to do it. And then when you finally hit your lane and go, no, 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 this is fun. I like helping people and giving people value. That's when everything changed. So that's, that's cool. And now do you, I, I assume, are, do you have a family? You have children of your own? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, one note I want to make there because I love sharing this part of it. So I told you I was an electrician uh, and then I jumped into real estate and then I bought my first rental property about three months into it. Well, this is, this is a thing. And this is why you have to follow the path that God is putting out there for you. You can't resist it. You got to go know where it is, see it. Even if it's scary, go for it. Because believe it or not, I bought, well, my dad and I bought that first property and the girl that did the closing was sent over by the title company is the girl that is my wife. We've been together 17 years now. And I, I mean, I, I would have never been able to score this girl in my blue jeans and tool pouch, but she sees me all dressed up and all, <laughs> I'm buying a property, you know, like, Oh, this is a hot shot, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's just one of those things that you don't know what benefits you're going to get when you get on that path, when you get behind that intention, when you surrender to what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and you know what supposed to is a shame-based word. Uh, surrender to what is in store for you, maybe is a better way of saying it. But we have to be open to those things. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, the funny, funny thing is we're talking about story here and the stories that were programmed into us by our teachers, uh, by our pastors, uh, by our parents. Those stories are in there. And most of us think, well, that's, that's it. That's what the story is supposed to be. When you get to a certain point, you realize I can put a new story in here. And so, yeah, I have a wife who I met at my first closing. We have a son who's sitting back there watching cartoons. And I, I just did my, my quarter game plan uh, for this quarter. Cause as we're talking, we're starting a new quarter and I have three goals in there. One of the goals make memories with my family this summer. And I can do that. 
I can do that because I've set up the life, I've followed the path, I've done the right thing. Uh, and that was a long way around answering your question, do I have a family? <laughs> Man, I love that story because that was important. It The question that that makes me kind of prompt is, would you give everything that you own today if you could meet the girl of your dreams? Like someone who's listening to this going, yeah, I just don't know if I should take the risk. And it's like, hey, if you're being pulled that direction to leave as an electrician or move from this job to that job or industry to industry, if you follow the thread, man, you can meet your wife. Of course you would. And same question. If I could, would I give away everything, all your four businesses that you own today to have your son? The answer is, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> you know? And it's like, it, it really is. It makes you realize that everything's on loan to us. And, uh, you know, and we, we don't get to keep it forever. So, man, live life and have, have a blast doing it. Um, wow. Well, this is really cool. Thinking about this is a question that's sometimes interesting, uh, which is if you could do something, and I, I, it's a loaded question. If you could accomplish something, which you've already have, what would you, what would happen that would change everything for you? So I don't, here's the problem with that question for me. If I could do something, I am doing some things every single day. And so for me, this is an evolution of things I'm doing. What I'm doing today is not what I was doing 10 years ago uh, or even one year ago. And so if there was one thing that I can do, the only thing that I would do is to continue to grow because we are evolving creatures. And if you're not growing, the old saying, if you're not growing, you're dying. And, and that's, that's extremely true. And that would be the one thing. And I think that's for any listener out there. And that's why I, I mentioned the quarter review. So what did I do today? Before I got on with you, uh, I did uh, an hour of thinking and writing and journaling. And what, what, what was I doing? I did uh, my quarter game plan for the coming quarter. And I did my quarter review for where I came from. And one of the things that I saw there that, that shocked me is I have this list, like, how are you in mindfulness? How are you on faith? Like one to 10, one to 10 finances, one to 10. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm not doing good. Eight, uh, this is seven. And I'm like, oh man, I'm not good. But then when I looked back at where I was last quarter, I bumped all these up like two points, three points. One of them fell back one point, but you can't have all up. Right. And so to me, the one thing is consistent growth. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Amazing. The um, Robert White, who puts on living a better story with us, he he's run three or four mindset academies for 30 years he was early human potential movement person. And he's now a friend of our family and friend of mine. And he, at the last one we did recently in Arizona, he, he said, see that rug right there. If you let that sit for a hundred years and there was no, nobody who came in or out of this room, it'll, it'll just basically go away. Right. It'll, it'll turn into dust. And he said, but people walking in and out on it, causes it to actually change the energy in the room causes it to change and it was an interesting kind of a thought that if you even even something that's an, an object if it doesn't have 
people interacting with it, then the energy just goes out of the room. And, you know, your one friend of mine, I think his dad was the one of the chief executive officers of NASDAQ, if I remember right. And he worked with me for a while. And he said, you're either doing this or you're doing this. (laughs) And always learning and growing is is part of the fun of of life. It's funny. I did the quarter review, too. And um, revenue was actually down a little quarter. I, I literally did it during the same time you did, which is funny. Revenue for the quarter was down a little bit. And my cost of goods went down almost accordingly, which is great because I'm contracting and, you know, same time. If I grow, then I grow the cost. The thing that stuck out was my expenses actually went up from year over year and it should have gone down accordingly. So it, it caused you to look in the mirror and say, okay, am I making the right adjustments so that it can accordion with the, with what needs to happen? So learn, learn and grow. Um, I'm going to flip this question upside down because that's what I think we can do. You've, you've probably never been asked this. If you think about, and this is normally, this is a one hour uh, thing that you do. So we're going to do it in like three minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, so prepared, <laughs> you, um, I just went to Noah's Ark in Kentucky recently. And there were these, it was like the bird that you see in joust, right? That's huge. Like literally you could get on it. <laughs> and probably, I don't know if it would fly me around, but imagine you have a bird like that, that could actually take you into the future. And so you jump on this thing and it takes you 20 years from now and you see yourself and wherever that may be, right. Could be the same place, could be a different place. And you knock on the door and, and there you are and you shake your hand. Hey, good to see you, Jonathan. It's been a while. <laughs> and you, and you kind of take inventory of what you see in the room and you smell it, you, you know, all your senses are active and you're like, huh, wow, really cool. And then, and then you're leaving and you're, you know, your future self tells, tells yourself something of value, like, Hey, do this. And then you, and then you get back on the bird and you come back to now. And so this exercise is really cool because wherever you ended up doesn't mean that's where you have to end up. Talk about writing your own story, but it also tells you, the trajectory you think you're on right now. So, so is there anything that stood out again, this is normally a one hour exercise, but anything that stood out to you, like, huh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> you know, what jumped at you? So I did, I did, I actually have a, a show recorded on this with, with my old podcast uh, where it was future me, not 20 years from now, but, future me 10 years from now, uh, talking to me about what I had accomplished, where I am and what I've done. And it was a powerful exercise. And yes, it did take some time, which is great because now I'm prepared for you. <laughs> yeah, right. You've already done the mental workshop. Yeah. So I, uh, I wrote a letter to myself and I actually have the letter in, uh, in my safe so I can read it in 10 years from now. Um, and there was, there was things that were really important to me. And, and this goes back to, I don't know if you've studied this, um, Maslow's hierarchy. We've all studied it. Um, and, and at the bottom is like physiological needs, like food and water, that kind of thing. At the top it is self-actualization, uh, where you're thinking about living to your full potential and future me was in that self 
actualization. He was at the top of the pyramid telling me about things that I was doing there, uh, which included giving to my church and, and giving extremely generously. It was also helping mold our future by way of the children, by educating them with the good, the true, the virtuous. Um, of course, there was the houses and the vacations and all that. But the, the parts that really stuck to me were the parts about giving and being a philanthropist and being extremely generous. And here's the interesting part about that. Anybody who does exercises like this is going to create a time machine for themselves. And what I mean is you are going to make that picture. If you make that picture crystal clear, like you said, you, you feel it, you smell it, you see it, you see it clearly. If you make that picture crystal clear, what happens is you take that future and you bring it closer. And so I did this exercise. It was a, maybe a year ago, maybe a little bit longer, but the philanthropy thing, yeah, I'm not giving what I'm going to be giving, but I remember when it was time to start the new year, I thought about how I was tithing the church. And the first number that came to my mind was 25% more. And that scared me. Like I'm walking and I'm like, what'd you say? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> like 25%. And I was like, okay, do it. And it wasn't that easy. Like it hurt a little bit. And I'm like, just do it. Uh, then with, uh, with my son's school, we love this school. We, we absolutely love this school. They're teaching the things that matter most to us. And, uh, We've decided, actually, I call my wife Cupcake. That's her code name. Uh, Cupcake came up with the idea to give a gift to the school. And it was all right. Like, they started crying and stuff when we told them about it. I, we, we were embarrassed because we thought it wasn't that much. And they're all, like, crying. And we're like, okay, maybe, maybe it means something. Uh, but we were able to take that future and bring it towards us. And so I recommend anybody out there listening, if you haven't done this, and it has to be like that 10 year, 20 year, because you, you don't want any limiting beliefs. You, you don't want any of that getting in the way of, hey, let's just talk about this ideal where we would like to be. And then it brings it closer to you. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm seeing it happen already. So we're already giving more uh, we're, we're being more generous wherever we can. And that, that's really been the big thing for me this year is I say, give till it hurts. If I'm going to give 500, I better give a thousand. Oh, that hurts. That's what I do now is like, give till it hurts. That's amazing. I love that quote. You know, in March, 2019, my company had its worst quarter ever. It went from 200,000 a month to 20. And I wasn't familiar with the accordion thing that I talked about <laughs> just now. And so it was, it, oh, it hurt, let me tell you. And so I just prayed about it. In 30 days, my wife and I, um, we would work on puzzles at night and just kind of, that was the thing to relax the mind, three hours of just hanging out together. And it was a wild time of literally about a month. And we went through multiple puzzles, right? A 500 piece or then a thousand, then a 2000. Wow. And it was like, what, I mean, who, who knew, right? That puzzles was our thing for a little while. And, but what came out of it, I said, Hey, I actually had a meeting with my mindset coach, um, Townsend Wardlaw and Townsend said to me, Chad, what do you want to do? Like after scale X? 
I was like, well, I want to go on a cruise with my wife for a year. Okay. What about after that? I'm like, wait, you're minimizing my entire like life stream is to go on a year cruise. And he's like, yeah, but I get it after that. And so then I was wearing this shirt that day called Elevation Church, where I used to go, right? Elevation Music, and it was in North Carolina, and my kids both accepted Jesus there. And, and I was like, you know, I, when I moved to Colorado again, I thought of opening an Elevation someday. I was like, what better name than Colorado than Elevation, right? Perfect. And um, my dad owns property in Castle Rock. I was like, perfect. It'll go on the 35 acres. So I attached with, I want to do something because my grandparents and my mother and my dad are very good of one-to-one helping people discover the kingdom, one-to-one. And I'm like, hey, I'm a businessman. I've learned how to scale. That's my company, Scale X. And it's go figure. I tried to get scale.ai twice and then it was unavailable. And, it, and so it's like, what I'm realizing is, man, that wasn't by accident. It's, it's, scale, it's scale Christ. Let's be real. And so all the work that I've done for all these years is like, oh, now I can put it in another lane. The long and short of it is the valuation of the business went from pretty good to pretty bad in that month. And then by the end of the year, I said, look, God, I've kind of had this number in my mind. Let me make it a little bigger. And if we can get to that number, then I'll put a million dollars and we'll go build Elevation Church in Colorado. And so by the end of that year, I got a formal valuation. And it was a million dollars higher than what I had expected, plus $10,000, a million. Wow. And I was like, you know, God basically said, Hello. here's the mill, <laughs> keep the 10000 and don't spend it all in one place. And, um, you know, since then, there's been up, ups and downs, and it's only paper, paper money. But I'm now all in. I've spent $40,000 on building this app called 77 Prey, and it comes out any day. It's in beta. And it's going to get people the ability to crowdsource their prayers. Hey, I've got this prayer. People puts it out to thousands of people. They say, yep, I did it. And now you can see, holy cow, I just had 20,000 people pray for me last night. Wow. And it was like, I've been following the thread. I don't know where the money's coming from. I'm just doing it going, okay, God, are you sure you want me to like this TV show where I'm going to go talk about it? I'm on this other news show about it. And to your point, I don't like you met your wife following the thread. You had a baby because of that. And now, and that's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't know what this is going to bring, but if it's one person, 10 people, a hundred or 10,000 or 10 million, doesn't matter. It's, it's moving in the direction that I'm supposed to be moving. Yeah. Yeah. Walking that path that he set for us. That's right. So last question, Jonathan is about faith. And that is what role does faith play in your journey? Cause you've been through the ups and downs of life. Um, tell us about your, the role of faith. Yeah. So one of the things that, uh, that was super cool when I met cupcake, uh, was that her, uh, she had faith as well. We're both Catholics and, and I was practicing, uh, obviously my dad and I used to go to church together and, uh, all that kind of stuff. And she had fallen out of practice, but she loved that we were in practice and we were the same faith Catholic. So that was uh, an immediate bond for us. Um, we're teaching our son faith. Um, it's just what's right and what we expect of him and what we expect him to bring to the world. Because when I pray for him, I pray that he's a good leader, a reflection of God's light, uh, and brings his glory to the world. And I tell him that every night. 
uh, because that's what we're supposed to do as good Christians is we're supposed to bring the good news to everybody that we can help. And not just that, and, and this is weird. I was just thinking about this the other day, uh, Cupcake and I had to talk about it, is like, we're living in a, in a divisive world. Things are crazy. People are at each other's throat. You don't know what you can or can't say. And so it's like, oh man, just keep my mouth shut. Well, no, it's our job to keep spreading the word of what we believe in, because I think that's more important now than ever. People are, are lost and maybe we can help find a few of those lo that lost flock and bring them back to where they belong. And we had a conversation about one of our clients who, in my opinion, she went to college, she got the brainwashing and, and she, she's all indoctrinated into the other way. And I, I was like, for a second, she was saying some things uh, on social and stuff like that, that were really against what I believe really, really far. But I know the girl, I know she's a good girl. And so I was talking to Cupcake about like, I think I have to drop this person as a client. I think, I think they have to go. And then it hit me. Do you hear yourself? Do you, and it was like, you have to be an example of what a good Catholic man is and support her and bring the light her way. Even if she's lost, maybe you can shine a little light that way so she can see, well, look at this guy. Look at this. I, I, he believes something totally different than what I'm spouting out. And yet he's still here supporting me, helping me with my business, helping me with my message. Oh, okay. So maybe Catholics aren't what they're saying in the press. Maybe that's not true. And I, I'm here to bring that every single day to every single interaction. I'm doing my work for God. And this is what I tell myself every day. I know it sounds corny, but it helps motivate me. That's amazing. Um, when I went to Noah's Ark, Ken Ham is the founder and creator of this Noah's Ark life size in Kentucky. And he's created the Creation Museum. It's the two only Christian theme parks in the world, I, I understand. And he talks about, he wrote a book that came out on June 15th called Divided Nation. And it talks about all of this. Um, what I'm optimistic about is that I've had about 40 guests on the show so far this year, and they're on all sides of the aisle. And, and, we, and, it, and we still have the belief. And, the, and when we ask the faith question, 99% of people have a very similar answer. And so to your point, we, that's, the, that's the place to put the stake in the ground. It's not an R or a D. And I discovered that through last year and the beginning of this year. It's not an R or a D. It's a G <laughs> and it's a big G. Uh, so very, very cool testimony that you're sharing here today. I appreciate you, you sharing everything with our audience. Um, if you were to kind of leave one last thought and, and call the action to somebody who's listening today, what would you suggest? We may have started here. I know you mentioned it earlier about taking that leap of faith, going to do that thing. You don't know what's on the other side unless you do it. And what I would say to our listeners today is there is no right time. The time is right now. Amazing. There is no right time. The time is right now. So 
Nike, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. Jonathan, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. It's been a pleasure letting you uh, share your experiences in life. Um, May God's grace continue to to be with you and your family. And um, yeah, man, let's, let's stay in touch. This has been an awesome conversation. Jonathan Rivera, founder of the Podcast Factory and about four or five other businesses, including real estate, uh, I've found out today. So if you're in the podcast world or you want to get on the podcast, uh, Jonathan provides a good white glove service. So check out the website, The Podcast Factory, just like it sounds. And thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for allowing me to share and thank you for uh, doing the work that you're doing to bring the light to people. Amen. All right, everybody. Chad Burmeister, Living Better Story Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ Podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.